Welcome to CouncilCast, news bites and insights from the Council of Insurance Agents and Brokers. I'm Rob Boyce, Director of Market Intelligence and Insights here at the Council. I'm joined today by Andrew Robinson, co-CEO of insurance data automation and analytics firm, GroundSpeed Analytics. Thanks for joining us today, Andrew. Thank you. Pleased to be here. All right, Andrew. Well, well you come from, from a background within the insurance industry, but but offer, you also offer a unique perspective after working in the insurtech space for several years. Can you talk a little bit first about, about your uh, insurance background and where in particular you saw opportunity in the commercial insurance sector, specifically opportunities for innovation within the broker space? Yeah, happy to do it, Rob. So, um, you know, I spent 20 years in, in strategy consulting, um, Ultimately, uh, running uh, what today is the global insurance practice for uh, for PwC, uh, and then I spent uh, 11 years on the corporate side. Uh, 10 of them with Hanover Insurance Group. I, I ran uh, the specialty insurance uh, businesses. Uh, was the head of corporate development, so tightly connected to uh, our international activities and, and a variety of other businesses. Um, always, uh, always around sort of the commercial insurance, the global commercial insurance market, uh, and you know along the way, as I was, as I was uh, sort of in in the last few years of my time in Hanover, started getting involved in uh, insuretech and a board member, uh, an investor capacity. So kind of saw this really interesting uh, set of events uh, be put into motion before it, it got a lot of press. And, you know, broadly speaking, you know, what, what, what really sort of intrigued me was the recognition that, you know, there's so much about the insurance industry that looks different than uh, it has in the past. So, you know, things like structurally capital, um, you know, coming from uh, unusual sources, whether it be, you know, sovereign wealth funds, pension funds, hedge funds, and the structural change of, of, you know, viewing property and casualty as an asset class, which means that, you know, that, that different forms of capital and, quite honestly, excess capital are likely um, structurally part of, you know, the commercial insurance market forever. That's one big structural change, you know, I saw that, that, that creates a lot of uh, really interesting second-order changes. You know, the second is that the industry, you know, despite sort of uh, a variety of efforts to drive efficiency and improvements, you know, still operates, um, you know, with, a, with a, an expense ratio in total in excess of 40% of every premium dollar, which, you know, at sort of any level of, of, of assessment, you'd say that isn't sustainable given every other industry that um, has succumbed to the efficiency um, and, and the, you know, and the positive impacts from a customer experience and other dimensions that technology brings. So, you know, it, it took me 30 years of consulting experience, you know, corporate operating experience, and then getting exposed to technology. And then finally, the time arrived where I sort of had a, you know, enough of a perspective around some of these, these macro changes where I just believe that, you know, technology was going to be a tremendously um, democratizing um, uh, aspect of, of how the commercial insurance industry operates. And, and that's really what brought me to, uh, to making the move and fully immersing myself in an operating capacity uh, at, at ground speed. Great. And yeah, so that being said, moving, moving a little bit more towards ground speed's uh, product, and which is, is clearly focused on the broker, you know, by brokers, for brokers, and, and streamlining 
some of those inefficiencies across the insurance industry. Can you speak to a little bit more about about your product and where you know kind of the decision to become involved in in ground speed specifically? Yeah. So um, well, the background is that that uh, Jeff Mason, uh, the founder of Ground Speed. Uh, was a longtime friend. Actually, he was part of a group that had founded a, um, a risk retention group focused on the professional liability market. Um, had a chance to get to know him while I was at Hanover, tried to acquire his company. So when he when he started Ground Speed, uh, you know, I was uh, eager to help and, and had been involved all along. Uh, my joining Ground Speed formally in an operating capacity coincided with a, a $30 million Series B investment from um, from a venture capital firm called OKCFT, a company that I had uh, been part of leading up to uh, to joining, and 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 really ground speed, you know, it just the 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 concept for the business was just squarely in what was a really important part of the market that that uh, that that really could benefit from what they do, and that's fundamentally around taking the information that's so critical to brokers and carriers and 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 the insurers as well around loss information and contract and policy information, submission submission information, exposure information, much of which moves around the industry in uh, in unstructured forms and and or semi-structured forms and. You know, our view was that that um, you know attacking that problem with some of the newer technologies, particularly in the areas of artificial intelligence and more specifically in machine learning, um, and trying to to take that unstructured information, put structure to it, was uh, was not only something that would have you know tremendous value to the end customer. Um, but certainly to carriers and to brokers, and and we saw if we could attack that problem, you know, the the potential economic impact, you know, whether it be an efficiency or or better insights, were huge. And so we started on that journey, you know, not knowing where it would take us, and and uh, we've been we've been blessed with great success and great clients, and quite honestly. Um, the ability to work on really strategically relevant, strategically important, you know, types of of issues, uh, particularly for our broker clients. Right. So, so in regards to those clients, what what type of insights and information have they gathered that they would not have otherwise been able to have a clear line of sight into? And do you have any particular success stories that you'd like to share? Yeah. So, so look, I would describe sort of our our impact around sort of four primary things. So, one is just we have been able to automate loss reporting. Um, you know, create facilities to do sort of on-demand stewardship reporting. You know, which is really kind of faster, better, cheaper. Today, you know, that's a lot of work that falls to an account manager. Um, and you know we can we can take all that data, structure it, and and you know and provide sort of the the automation around um, the really important things in terms of maintaining uh, and and navigating just just sort of client management processes. Um, I think that we've had a great deal of impact around just uh, better understanding ultimate end client metrics, whether it be helping our, our broker clients understand ultimate loss ratio uh, because we're able to take the loss run, structure them, develop them, have a point of view about, you know, about, um, you know, how to basically look across 
you know, multiple, uh, you know, policy years, multiple carriers, and, and have that, that more integrated view. Um, but also just be able to provide better information related to, you know, how um, light companies uh, have their programs structured, you know, whether it be related to limits or sublimits or retentions. That's all information that if you can take sort of policy data, you can structure that, you have this, uh, this tremendous reference data set that, that you can utilize for, uh, for any client. And, you know, that's been a sort of a second key output. I think a third for us is, is really around market intelligence. And, um, and, you know, if you can understand ultimate loss ratio for an individual client, you can do it pretty much on any basis, right? So you can really understand underwriting profitability on any basis, which, you know, in terms of just better understanding your book of business, so you can identify profit pools to grow your book of business, opportunities to take books of business, convert them into programs, which tends to be an agenda item certainly for, uh, for the larger of, of the brokers, monitoring loss development for profit sharing. You know, those are the kind of things in terms of market intel and driving growth that, that our clients have benefited from. And, and I would just tell you that we've got, we've got uh, success stories that span each, each, and every one of those, uh, each and every one of those points. Right. So yeah, you mentioned you mentioned working with some of the larger brokers. Would you say you have a, a particular target client, and you know how if you can share you know a number or any names, how many brokers are you currently working with? Yeah. So so today, I mean, we're look, we're, we're a young you're a young company. We're only about twelve, uh, about two and a half years old, and we have today you know roughly about a dozen clients. Um, about two thirds of those are brokers. One third are carriers. Um, I would describe all of those relationships as being uh, large. So our, our relationships tend to to be in the you know high hundreds of thousands to kind of low millions of dollars. So we're doing a lot of work with a small number of clients. Um, you. you know what I tell you is that um, uh, you know amongst the the top 15, you know, is effectively you know the the sort of you know, eight or so broker clients, they're, they're, in that, they're in that top 15 group. And that's, you know, that's principally where our focus has been to this point. But, uh, but certainly uh, we see plenty of opportunities working broadly with what I would describe, you know, as kind of the BI 250, um, right. you know, size brokers. Absolutely. Um, so, so moving on to a data question, where does uh, GroundSpeed get its data from? Are you working exclusively with legacy agency management systems? And if so, how has your experience been working with them, and have they been receptive uh, to sharing data two ways? Yeah, so uh, so great question. Um, you know, in the broker world, very little of the information that um, that ultimately we work with sits inside the agency management systems. In fact, it's one of the the principal issues that we're solving for. So. By and large, what our clients are, are providing to us, whether it be you know, loss runs from the carriers, um, exposure schedules from their clients, whether it be um, you know, policies that they basically have you know, PDFs of and they're, they're storing in, you know, in, some, you know, in some electronic file, um, generally speaking, we're, we're receiving that raw data. So that comes in the form of PDFs or Excel documents. Um, image documents, zip files, emails, you know, you go through, through the list and, and that information is, uh, is arriving to us in a variety of ways, whatever the, the, 
the data transfer mechanism that our, our, our broker clients prefer, whether that be, okay. you know, APIs or, or just a secure file transfer. Um, but that's the data that we're working with. And then when we're producing on the other end is structured output, so quite discrete information that's been extracted from these documents. And, and ultimately, that ends up in a variety of places with our clients. Some use that purely in an operational flow, and, and so um, it supports you know, single client uh, situations. Others are feeding data warehouses. Others are, are seeking to place some of that data into their agency management system. Uh, so it is really, uh, it's very specific to the, to the client situation as to ultimately how they consume what we produce. Great, and I'm correct that that's all done automatically just through your machine learning yes. algorithms that you were talking about? Exactly, exactly. And I think one thing that's important here is that because we are working with data that, that broadly is everything that's in the underwriting domain, right? So you're talking about submissions and policies, contract information, exposures being the second category, and loss information being the third. You know, much of what we're doing is really um, taking that information, not only structuring it, but, but our clients are increasingly asking us for things that, that are attributes of risk, that predict attributes of risk. And, uh, and again, because we're working with kind of this, you know, this golden triangle of information, exposures, policy information, um, and, and loss information, uh, the power of what we can actually produce from a prediction uh, perspective is, is, is really quite, quite awesome. Oh, absolutely. So, so what about the, the consumer journey, the, the insured? Clearly, the, the client experience, or I guess lack thereof, has driven much innovation in the commercial insurance sector. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of different companies solve, attempting to solve different, you know, different issues. Does ground speed's underlying technology affect the consumer in any way, shape, or form? That's a great question. I think that, um, you know, in, in principle terms, I think that what we have done so far, so in our two and a half year journey, um, we really are about dramatically improving sort of the processes that are in place today. So, you know, if you are, you know, if you are, um, you know, uh, a, a large risk, a client of a, you know, a larger broker, um, you know, the ability for you to have uh, meetings with your broker on a quarterly basis where, where the broker is, you know, is uh, fully prepared in terms of being able really to understand loss activity and how losses have developed period over period, to be able to do that with more insight and more precision as to cause of loss or type of loss or what have you, you know, that's a very powerful thing, particularly if we can, if we can deliver that, you know, at, at very little, you know, sort of real cost to the broker, which we do. Um, I do think that, that we're enabling um, the broker's clients to have more information to make better decisions. So, so to the extent that we're empowering the broker to have internal benchmarking on, on, on program structures or coverages or, or attachment points or what have you that's based on, you know, like pools of clients, you know, that's very powerful. Um, I think over time, um, there's much more that what what we're doing will uh, will enable sort of new new services, new capabilities. But I think much of what we're to, doing today is, you know, dramatically improving the processes that are already in place. Right. Okay. 
So moving to a, a more industry-level question, if you will, the, the conversation around InsureTech has, has changed dramatically over the past two or three years or so, from disruption being a key buzzword in, in 2016, moving to more collaboration and ultimately partnerships in 2018. What, uh, what are your thoughts on this current dialogue around InsureTech from both an insurance and InsureTech professional, and would you agree that this conversation has changed dramatically? Oh my God! Well, look, look I, I I started with the view that that this is all about um, you know enabling both incumbents and kind of the new breed of risk takers. I right. I uh, I believe there will be you know there will be some small slice of disruption. There's there there has been you know over the last couple of years been outsized media you know press attention to you know, to more of the disruptive and, you know, kind of these full stack new insurers, you know, but I, but I believe that, that you know, wholeheartedly that um, the capabilities um, and, you know, the history and strength of, of, you know, of the incumbents, you know, is a, uh, is, is a, is a real sign of, uh, of something that, uh, that can only get better if you bring to them the right kind of solutions. And, Absolutely. and I started with that and I'm excited to be part of, Really enabling and partnering with um, you know with both insurers and brokers as opposed to this notion of disruption, I think that we'll look back at five years and we'll say yeah certainly there's been changes and there's been you know new entrants who have seized some portion of the markets in very specific categories but uh, but I'm certainly of the view that uh, that all this opportunity that's in front of us is there for the incumbents to harness and 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 likely not to be nearly as disruptive as the press has sort of created in their, in their uh, headlines here over the course of the last couple of years. And, I, and, I've, and I've been in that position, I've, I've held that view since, uh, since my involvement, you know, four or five, six years ago when I, when I started to, uh, to work with the, you know, with the first sort of breed of, of newer insure techs that were out there. Yeah, I think that's absolutely something that, that we can both agree on uh, here at the council. And, you know, I think some of these, as you mentioned, early stage insurtechs, when they got in the industry, they, they began to realize this is a much more complicated industry than, than they initially thought, especially when you get, you know, to the mid and large market commercial space. Uh, there's a lot going on out there, and, and, and the whole regulation aspect is something that I believe a lot of these companies didn't even take into consideration. Uh, but, but on a, a similar well, by note... By the way, I'd, just, Rob, I'd, say, I'd say one thing on that, which is, you know, I think the, the, the further you get into sort of the more complex, more specialized world of commercial insurance, you know, one of the things that, that, um, that we believe wholeheartedly in our experience has been reinforced by our clients is that, you know, we're led by insurance guys, right? You know, my, my, uh, my co-CEO, Jeff Mason, is, you know, a longstanding insurance person, our chief operating officer, you know, longstanding insurance person, our head of delivery is a longstanding insurance person, our head of sales, you know, was had a similar role at, at AI Solutions, Ventive. Um, you know, the reality is that, that and, our, and our technology guys are all fr from kind of the, the next generation, right, who are, who are bringing really the, the innovation. But, but our experience is to understand these problems, to solve these problems, you know, you have to be long in the tooth in insurance. You really have to have insurance shops. And I think that one of the, the key sort of uh, defining attributes for why we've been so successful so early is because we have so much insurance in our DNA, which, which by the way, our clients tell us is, is one of the most distinctive attributes that we bring, you know, as, as a newer insure tech company. 
and so I, I believe it's not only relevant in terms of you know this sort of notion of partnership and enablement, um, but I think it's just an important attribute for for many insurtechs to have, particularly if they're going to operate in the commercial and the more complex end of commercial insurance. Yeah, certainly a unique attribute to have and, and very important. And on a similar note, uh, you spoke at our the council's uh, insurance leadership forum, ILF, in early October, and then uh, and then went to go speak at this year's InsurTech Connect Conference in Vegas directly after, which the council also attended along with about 6,000 other uh, professionals. <laughs> um, can you can you speak to your experience at ITC? You mentioned that you know you've been there, you've been going for all three years, and you know, how's your experience changed and through the lens of an, as an InsurTech executive? Yeah, so, uh, well, what's nice is, you know, I, I had attended ILF for 10 years. So, um, you know, you, you develop these very uh, senior relationships that, that stay with you, you know, as you move, as you move into, you know, other things. And so what I found, um, interestingly enough, is that, as ITC, you know, InsurTech Connect has grown to now 6,000 people, there were a, a, a very, very large number of senior executives there. And uh, in my third year there, it's only been in existence for, thir- for three years, you know, we did things uh, that allowed us to sort of stay out of all the fray of, of activity and, and get focused on what clearly was a more senior audience that was attending, um, you know, get get really high quality time, you know, with them. And, and of course, it's a different kind of conversation, right? When you're in that environment, you know, you are talking about, you know, things that are more innovative in nature and so forth. And, and so I found this year it was a wildly productive meeting uh, and I, I was astonished by, um, you know, the number of, of very senior level, you know, C-level executives that um, that we were able to have substantially dedicated time with. And because of the environment, we were able to have different kinds of conversations, ones that were much more focused on, you know, more uh, things that are happening structurally in the marketplace, things that are happening with technology and, and what's on their agenda. And then ultimately, you know, what's the, what's the opportunity for us to be working with them uh, and I, I didn't see that in the first two years. This was a, a sort of a very different year for us in terms of that experience. Yeah, we'd certain, certainly agree with you on that one. And uh, I'd like to end on, on a high-level question. From, from a broker, you know, from a, someone who's been on the carrier side and also has, you know, started working for an InsurTech for the past two and a half years, what would be your advice to council members and broker executives on sorting out through all the noise that is InsurTech? and how to best evaluate not only what's out there, but specifically what they need inside their own firms? Yeah, it's a great question. I'm not sure there's a single answer to this. Um, I, I, what I would say is that, um, you know, there's a lot of hype out there, um, you know, and the examples will tend to either be, you know, in the individual consumer or personal line segment, uh, or even in the small commercial segment. But even in the small commercial segment, you have, companies out there who have announced that they're going to sort of change the nature of the industry, whether it be in terms of digital distribution or what have you, yet what you see is them picking off um, very, very niche segments of the marketplace. I think that, I, I do think that there's a lot to learn from those stories. So I find those interesting in that, you know, there are things that, that can be taken away and so they're worth paying attention to. So when Lemonade says, hey, listen, we can settle a claim 
um, effectively in a parametric decision, right? You know, being able to just a binary decision, pay or not pay, um, and do it through a chatbot. There's even though that's only being done for 25% of their their claims, and even though the average paid is $1,200, just the fact that that there's an entity out there doing that is very intriguing. And to think about that, uh, you know, I I pay attention to those things because they really stretch your imagination as to what's possible. It's not about the business in totality. It's about some of the practices of those businesses that I find really interesting. That said, look, I, I think that I think that this is a journey, and it's important to be engaged in what's happening in these things. You know, experiment somewhat, but but you know, pick a handful of things that really can move the needle in your business. I think it's one of the reasons Ground Speed's been successful. We're doing really interesting stuff with artificial intelligence, but we're doing it around problems that either um, you know have been solved manually or have been there but but have not been solved because the cost to, to solve them is just too too much and I would say finding you know those kinds of things that are available now starting to experiment and then you know obviously uh, adopting the stuff that's really uh, really ready now is part of the journey um, keeping your eye on those examples like you know the lemonade chatbot example because knowing that sort of stuff being aware of that being uh, engaged around that stuff will pay off dividends in the future even if you know sort of the commercial viability of some of those things to maybe the the commercial insurance market isn't today it's at some point in the future and and I think that that's my my sort of summary advice as to how it is that I would say to to think about what's happening in the marketplace today great well we appreciate your insights and Andrew thanks so much for your time here today um, really appreciate it and on on behalf of the council we're we're very excited to see what's in store for ground speed analytics we think you guys are doing some great innovative things uh, again, this is Rob Boyce with the Council of Insurance Agents and Brokers, and thank you for tuning into CouncilCast. Take care and talk soon.